Hi, my name is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. Uh, today we're going to be going over insomnia and uh, focus it a little bit more on women in their 30s to 50s because that's the that's the area where you seem to be seeming assuming you seem to be having these symptoms more and more and more and uh, there's not a lot of good answers out there as to why and so I want to take some time to go over that with you as always with all of my podcasts I cite what I do um, if you look in the details or the description section of this video you'll see we have citations in there specific to what i'm going to talk about so that way you can do some further reading on your own to get more information and i encourage that an educated patient is the best patient so without much more introduction let's go straight to the material you know we have an issue with insomnia and you know the the thing is as a person a no, like a, a regular but not a doctor but a, like just a dude on the street you know with my wife and or with just women I know, insomnia just creeps up on them, and it sucks. And and you know the way that they're left to care for it isn't good. You know you think about it, it's like you can just go buy like some sleepy time tea, or then you move on to getting melatonin or other supplements you find on the internet, or you go to like the health food store and you're like, you know, the, ask the cashier like, what would you use? You know what I mean? What's good? Or you look at a bottle. This looks fancy. Or maybe you read a couple of articles online and stuff. And it's a lot of it's just guesswork, but you're like, man, let's try. It's trial and error, trial and error. And and see, the thing is, often these things will work. No, they won't. No, I'm not going to say they're often. They don't often work at all. Actually, rarely do they work, you know? Um, the reason why they don't work is because these things you're taking, even sleepy time tea, and melatonin for sure all these things have a biological effect all these things you take have a biological effect in your body and if your insomnia is due to something else that thing won't help if you don't have a melatonin deficiency melatonin is not really going to help with your sleep very well it's not going to do the job it's important to know the cause of your insomnia in order to be able to treat your insomnia so, you know, the hit or miss approach that women take in their 30s, 40s, and early 50s to insomnia, it just doesn't always work. And, and, and a lot of times it can lead to frustration. So what are you going to do? You're going to go to your primary care provider. And what do they do for you? Not much good. You know, what do they write you for? Zolpidem, maybe? Or maybe a low, low dose of benzodiazepine, you know? The problem with it is that they're no different from the cashier at the health food store. How is your doctor different from the cashier at the health food store when they give you a rando prescription to help you sleep? There's no difference. They're not trying to figure out what caused your insomnia. They're not trying to understand what they're doing, the effect it will have on you. They're just saying, well, this worked on the last person, so let's try it on you. And it's the same thing as the cashier. And I know doctors out there will be offended, like, well, no, I have... A license and i have all these things and that's true your doctor when they prescribe you you know zolpidem ambien whatever for your sleep they're using their medical license and so they're making sure they don't give you the wrong dose because there's serious adverse effects of using medicine at the wrong dose and they're making sure that the drugs are not cross-reacting with each other okay that's true it's good but outside of that are they being any better than the cashier at the drug at the health food store nope they're the same a real doctor figures out 
What's wrong with you? When you go to the doctor, you're expecting your doctor to use their brain to figure out what's going on with you. You're relying on your doctor to use this dedicated to you. And that's what you deserve. That's what we're supposed to do. We took an oath on this. It's what we're dedicated to do. With that said, it's important for us now to think about what are the biological underpinnings of insomnia. What I'm going to give you here is a very small, focused list. Why I'm saying that? There are so many things that cause insomnia that need to be ruled out and understood always. It's just blind arrogance to write you for just a sleep medicine without understanding insomnia. I can't get over that one. It's just like that with any drug, you know? It just is. So back to you and not to ramble. My producer and I had a discussion with me rambling. I tend to ramble sometimes, and that's not the best thing for a podcast, so I'm trying to get better at that. That's my, my, newest, my newest goal. <laughs> so um, what are the concerns with this biologically? All right, think about a woman and her mid-30s, what's happening? That's when you start seeing this ovulatory decline, meaning they're still they're still ovulating and you still have ovarian reserve you still have eggs and but you're not ovulating at every cycle that's why fertility in your 30s starts to decline starting in your mid 30s it starts to drop it gets worse with stress so what ends up happening is that you're not ovulating as well so you're not making as much progesterone in the second half of your cycle very common in this population during this time when you run their labs you would see their estrogen is fine Maybe a little high, but it's fine. But their progesterone in the second half of the cycle is low. Okay? Progesterone is not just a hormone. It's a neurosteroid. Along with its direct precursor, pregnenolone, both progesterone and pregnenolone will cross the blood-brain barrier and get turned into something called 5-allopregnenolone. That's a fun thing to look up. 5-allopregnenolone. 5-allopregnenolone binds to the part of the brain called the GABA receptor. And that's where the anxiety receptors in the brain are, okay? So if you don't ovulate and you don't make progesterone, your progesterone will be low. It doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. It doesn't make as much allopregnenolone, 5-allopregnenolone. And that deficiency of 5-allopregnenolone is going to lead you to having less sleep because your brain can't slow down. Your brain doesn't slow down in the evening. At night, you'll go to bed and you'll start to think about things. You can't fall asleep or you'll be asleep and then you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about things. Your brain won't turn off. Anxiety is not just being worried about something going wrong around you all the time outside in the world, just driving down the road and having those moments of anxiety. It's, it's that, but there's more to it. There's the inability to sleep as well plays a role in it because your brain can't dim itself down enough for you to get adequate sleep. Your brain's still tuned up. So when a woman presents to my clinic and she has insomnia, we work them up. One of the most common things we work up is going to be progesterone and pregnenolone. When we run that lab, it's going to be day 21 of their cycle, meaning day one is the day their period starts. Day 21 is when we want to run that lab because that's when progesterone should be at its apex. And that's how we figure out how low their progesterone is. And if it's low enough, we'll treat it. Pregnenolone, I mentioned briefly a moment ago. This is important. Pregnenolone is a direct precursor to progesterone. And it's part of the adrenal pathway. 
when you're under chronic stress, which happens to women in their 30s and 40s so frequently, it has to do with life, lifestyle, workload. There's a whole social component to this that's important. We've talked about it in previous podcasts. I'm sure I'll talk about it again in the future. But still, there's so much stress during this time in your life that your body will pull pregnenolone and push it to cortisol. So pregnenolone becomes deficient. And you also become deficient in progesterone that way as well because your body will pull that down to cortisol. So when you're under stress, that actually makes this even worse. So the patient presents and, and they have insomnia and they're low in progesterone and pregnenolone or just progesterone or just pregnenolone, one of those guys, we treat it. I bring it back to normal and that's good. And you think, wow, Brendan, that's pretty good medicine right there. Kinda, not completely. Good medicine, really good medicine, is me sitting down trying to figure out why on earth you have no progesterone or pregnenolone. A good doctor tries to figure out what the cause of the problem is and then tries to get behind the cause and solve it. Any monkey can prescribe you pregnenolone and progesterone, you know? And I'm, I would be just a step better than the doctor and the cashier at the health food store if I ran the labs and gave you the progesterone and pregnenolone. I'd be a really good doctor to understand why you're not making progesterone. Now, yes, yeah, some of it's going to be doing premenopause, and that'll be mid to late 40s. But if a woman's not ovulating very well in her 30s, right, or even early 40s, why can't we figure out why they're not ovulating very well? Sometimes it's diet. Sometimes it's severe stress in their lives. We could treat those things. You know, I can run the labs for that too. Why that would be good is because, like, say it's severe stress, right? Have them change their lifestyle a little bit. Work with them. Do your best. Then they wouldn't need to take a supplement, or a prescription of progesterone because we figured it out. What if it's their diet? I said this at, uh, I think it was a, a last podcast, but when I talked about um, um, gluten exorphin B5 stimulates prolactin secretion, that was that was about, it was a sperm again, the second one. I remember that. <laughs> so pro, prolactin, when some of us eat gluten, it causes us to release prolactin and prolactin is going to inhibit ovulation, right? So those people that had their ovulation inhibited, when I'm able to normalize that ovulation by diet, they're sleeping better because now they're making progesterone that goes to allopregnenolone, 5-allopregnenolone, like I mentioned. And, and I got their diet corrected, which will solve other problems too. A good doctor doesn't just get to just one aspect. A good doctor gets to every aspect of what's going on with you and tries to find an ultimate solution for you. You deserve that. I hope this is helpful. I hope this served a purpose. Please like, share, and subscribe. Let your friends know about it. If this is something that you like, uh, I will definitely see that and I will, I will continue making more of this material. I do read your comments. I try to respond to them. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast.